Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Progeny Podcast. Joining me today is Zahra Alawi, TV presenter and public speaker and a devout mother of three. In today's podcast, we'll discuss her recent trip to Sweden on Global Hijab Day, empowering women in our communities and promoting motherhood and the role of the mother. Zahra, thanks for joining us on today's um, podcast. Uh, it's good to have you on. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with uh, Zahra Alawi, who's a TV presenter and a public speaker. Um, if uh, if you haven't uh, seen Zahra, uh, now you will hear from her on today's podcast, inshallah. Um, recently, actually, I want to start with, you went to Sweden a few weeks back, actually. Not recently, a few weeks back. And... Um, there was a bit of a drama that <laughs> that, that unfolded in Sweden, Stockholm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, February, there's Hij- World Hijab Day. Yes, February uh, the 1st. February the 1st is World Hijab Day. Okay. Um, and you were there for a hijab event. Yeah. Um, but there was some drama. I'll let you uh, tell us about uh, what happened uh, and... Uh, Alhamdulillah, obviously you're safe, uh, but how you felt when you were there? Yeah, so it was Global Hijab Day and I got invited by the Imam Ali Center in Sweden and I'll go into um, more into detail about them because they were amazing mm-hmm. at handling such an such a issue. So um, I was invited to speak along alongside four other speakers, three other speakers, so it was four of us. And they said it was a topic of hijab. And I thought, great, because hijab is such an innocent topic. It's something so personal. Mm-hmm. And um, my topic for the conference was um, hijab, is it oppression or a sign of liberation? So I honestly wanted to speak from my personal perspective. So um, just before I catched my flight, it was a couple of days before, I got an email by ex-Muslims of Sweden. And they said it was a very nice, nicely written email by um, a brother. And he said, um, Zahra, would, you, seeing as you're coming to Sweden, can we interview you for, um, for uh, as a discussion with us? And, and you discuss Islam or we discuss leaving Islam and then people can make up the, their own minds. Okay, interesting. So it was just a very casual email. So uh, during that week, I had four other programs to do. So I, I didn't reply to him. I was meaning to reply to him. I was going to reply to him. But before I replied to him, um, I woke up, I was at the day that I was catching my flight and I saw several emails by Apple saying someone is hack- trying to hack into my, my Apple account, my, my phone. And, I, and, and it was all in Swedish. So I was like, okay, there's obviously a link. What is going on? Someone's trying to enter my, my Apple ID. I, I didn't understand what was going on. And then I just suddenly see notifications were coming one by one. And I think I got 10 private messages by different people just just attacking. And on I, different I, social media sites. Different. So it was, it was Twitter. It wasn't only on one. I mean, I, I don't know. They got you on every platform they, got, they could. <laughs> they got me. I, I think they said, one, two, three, let's do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happened all at once. So they started tweeting. They started posting on, on their own Instagram and tagging me. And then private messages and also Facebook. And it was just, they had edited my picture alongside topless woman and and um, just saying, you and, and, and they were saying in email, you cannot promote hijab. And I said, this is, if I want to promote hijab because I wear it, I can speak about my experience. They said, no, you promoting it is a, you're supporting the oppression against a group of women. But I was trying to tell them, you can't 
Doesn't make sense. It doesn't You're make right. sense. You c- you cannot try to save a group of women, oppressed women, by attacking another group of women. And and if you feel they're oppressed, obviously. And if they feel yeah. <laughs> and um, so they just attacked and attacked, and and I I just ignored it. I didn't reply to any of them. So all th- this attack happened mm. before you actually flew out. Before I flew out. So those discussions. So yeah. why did you now? now <laughs> why did you didn't you feel your family feel like maybe I shouldn't really go? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the discussion. So it was a couple of hours before our flight, and Rebecca called me, which is also another panelist, and she, said she was also going. She was also going. Was she attacked? She was, um, they tagged her, but no, not as much as me. And this is what the maybe confusion... Maybe because she's not a lot, she's not on social media as much that's as That's what you, they said. Well, so yeah. the guy that had started this campaign, I think people were writing on my public page. I mean, it's on my page. He said, why are you attacking Zahra when there's three other panelists? And they said, she's the most active online. <laughs> okay. So she's known the most, she was active the most. So this is why. Because there was other... Uh, Sister Rebecca and two other males Two speak. other male speakers All speaking about hijab All speaking about hijab The males didn't even get mentioned They didn't even get tagged If anything they should attack They the should attack <laughs> them all yeah. They didn't even get mentioned I mean God bless them I, I, you know, I don't want anyone to attack anyone yeah, But uh, So then Rebecca called me She said should we cancel Because this is a security threat Oh, Also they were saying um, We're going to see you They kept sending me messages Intimidating me We're, go- we're going to see you Watch when we see you And um, with like Pictures of women with their hijabs off. So then after I called the center and I said, you know, what's going on? I was traveling with my daughter as well. So I wasn't scared about me. I was more concerned that I'm yeah, putting my course. daughter in that environment. Like if I go past the protest and there's people shouting, it's, it's I I wouldn't want to put someone else through that. So um, I discussed it with them and they said, well, the police have just been here in the center and we've spoken to them and they're going to provide protection. They're going to be there. I think they also said, they're going to be across the. They're not. They're not allowed to come across the road. So the police will keep them across the road. And they says, "Ahra, you won't even see them. Like we'll. We're going to enter by car through a door that you wouldn't see them." So they provided a lot of protection. I, honestly, I I cannot praise the center enough. I, the way they handled the situation was amazing. And yeah, and we went. So you were the event was fine. You didn't feel. I didn't. I saw them from far away. So when the car was driving, so they in, did come to protest at yeah, the mosque. About thirty of them, yeah, around okay. thirty, yeah. Um, so when when the way they drove us in is we drove, we didn't go directly past them, but we went through another door. So I saw the police and I saw them protesting from afar. Um, so they came, but then the the conference, more than four hundred people came. It was so powerful, and I think when you have such resistance, um. It makes it even more powerful. So the event was amazing. It, it, honestly, it was one of the best conferences I've attended. Like you can feel the vibe during the conference. Do you think? Obviously, you're saying it was it was, it was a very good conference. I'm sure it was. Um, do you feel that with with you know because it it did it did cause some drama on social media. Yeah. There was a few pr- platforms. I was they were talking about it. Uh, do you feel if anything uh, it, this this sort of um, drama added to the event being more popular or maybe yeah i I mean there was um a couple of um older generation men that came and they said because we heard you got attacked we're coming is and they're like like they stood at the door and they were making and uh, yeah maybe a few people felt like because uh, there was people attacking that they they came and they showed more so it was yeah 
I, I think it is made the it more. This is the first successful. time you've been attacked on social media. First time, first ever. time ever. Also, oh, you're not usually. <laughs> um, you no. don't get like bad comments or messages. When, when I done no, not on social media. When I done uh, mainstream media, so I done a segment for Channel Four, and they it was called I can't remember what it was called, but I done a segment on hijab. Then there a was hijab as, as well. Yeah, it was on hijab as well, and there was people take it off the hijab, get out of our country. So that was the only time when I go mainstream. I feel this is not mainstream, but I feel like when. When it when it get, interacts with people that oppose Islam or are against Islam, that's when the commotion happens. But alhamdulillah, I I don't usually get attacks, so mm. I was I was shocked. <laughs> is is there is there a problem with, with with that? Because obviously there's a rise in Islamophobia. Yeah, there is. Um, and now you're saying you know if you do anything mainstream, you, mm. you're going to be attacked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, these people that they're, they're they're on our streets, they're in our co- they're in this country, um, so when you see comments like this, do you, do you do you do you ever feel like you know our hijabi women, women in hijab, mm. are at risk when they're out in the streets? Hundred percent. I mean, every hijabi lady I know will say that she has had or experienced a form of Islamophobia. Every single person, you know, whether it's physical or verbal or even stares and looks or made made feeling uncomfortable or discrimination. Every lady has felt, um, um, you know, a, a sense of Islamophobia, and there's the ha- I mean, the reports suggest there's been a twenty six percent rise in Islamophobia in two thousand and eighteen, and majority of them are against women. So majority of the Islamophobic attacks is against women. I mean, probably because we're so so um, apparent that we're Muslim if we're walking in the streets. Do you think it's going to get worse? Um, but, um, I'm not sure. The thing is, with, with Brexit, the, the current perhaps, political climate do you think things will get worse for women muslim women in hijab or i think um i think since september the 11th we've seen a dramatic change but i think it's been pretty much the same when there's when there is a terrorist attack or there's an incident that's happened you see a peak and a rise in islamophobia and then it goes back down unless something happens again in the world which creates complete chaos then we will see a rise but i think it'll pretty much stay the same but i think I think Islamophobia will still be around. Alhamdulillah, you got back safely, you yeah. and your your daughter. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, like sometimes you can say, you know, I'm not worried about myself. Mm. But when it's a family member, yeah. Um, and of course, people that know you know you that you're a mother mm. uh, to three uh, beautiful children. Mm. Um, I even noticed, I think, on your on your so one of your social media platforms when you sort of give you a little bio. Mm. You've put mother, yeah. So, so you take that quite. Yeah, I mean, I I find that to be my main role, mother. What before does any other role? What does it, what does a mother mean? To be does honest, I think when someone becomes a mother, it just overtakes your life, and and I dedicate I dedicate my life to my children. I mean, I do other stuff and I and I work, but being a mother is such a huge role and responsibility. And I think if I fail in all other aspects of my life. I would forgive myself, but if I fail in being a mother or I feel like I I don't give enough to these three kids, I think that that's something I would regret. I would always regret. So it means everything. It comes before everything else. But where's the? How do you balance it? Because you know you're you're doing the the, the public speaking, the um, looking after your kids, doing mm-hmm. some work I know for Elbe TV, and then how, do you sometimes feel like you know I should give up everything instead? Just mm. concentrate on the kids or 
Um, they are my priority. And sometimes when I do feel like it gets too much, like for, exa- for example, I gave birth around 12 months ago and I took a complete year. I didn't do anything. Even people were inviting me to private majalis and, and I was saying, I, I don't want to do any, 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 any public work. Um, and I focused on the three kids. So when it does get a bit too much, then I do step back. I think anyone that wants to do work and, and to balance motherhood and to balance work, organization is number one. I feel like when I'm not organized, it gets so hectic. I mean, motherhood is a full-time job. Anyone that is a mother will know it takes all... I don't sleep at night, for example. And like till now, my daughter is one years old. She, I don't sleep. So waking up and then trying to work and then trying to lecture and then preparing a lecture. Um, for a lot of male lecturers, they would know that when you prepare a lecture, you could go into a room, you can shut the door and prepare your lecture without... And the wife will take care of the kids or you won't get um, distracted... But for a female who is lecturing or doing any of this work, you cannot work until your kids are, for example, gone to sleep. So I'll just give you a quick kind of example of how my day is like. Um, so I look after the kids. I wake up early in the morning. I try to do a bit before they wake up, or seeing as I don't sleep anyway at night. I, I was going to say, you, you probably are sleep. awake, so anyway. I'm awake. I think sometimes I text people in the middle of the night, like my sisters and my family, and they're like, Zahra, why are you up? I, I'm always awake. Um, and then I wake up before them. I try to do some housework because the house needs cleaning. There's five of us that live at home, so there's always dishes or clothes. I do that and then and then I'm with the kids during the day. I mean, they do go to school, but major- I've got the little one as well. So the only time I can really prepare for lectures or do work is either when the child is sleeping and they're in school or when they go to sleep. So it gets so hectic and, and it's, it's, it's really hectic. But when, you, when I organize my time, I feel like it's more manageable. So I think organization is number one to balancing. Do you, do you encourage other, other women to do public speaking? Public speaking in mm-hmm. general? I, yeah, I do. Because there is a need. I mean, there is a need for female public speakers. If you look at our community, one thing, one area which is lacking is female public speakers. And this is something which all centres tell me. I've been, like, for example, in, in January, February, I've done several programmes. And every centre that I've spoken at, they've told me there's a lack of female speakers. They always come and invite that, like, is there any other women that speak? And there are some topics that you need a woman to speak about. Mm-hmm. I mean, pregnancy, childbirth, um, hijab. These are issues that a woman can relate to. Even how to make a marriage successful you, you know, we always hear the male perspective, but then when the woman tells, like, yeah, we need this from a marriage, you know, this is this will make us happy in a marriage. And the sisters that sometimes have marital problems, that don't feel comfortable going to a male scholar and speaking about intimate details about why their marriage is broken up or they feel a disconnect. But I, I have felt when I go to, I'm not an expert in marriage, but I have felt when I have sp- spoken in mosques, I feel like women are more open and they speak about the problems they have in marriage because they feel like someone can relate to them and I can relate to them. So we need more women to public speak. And yeah, go I guess I guess we do because there's a lot of issues that maybe um, I'm not going to just say addressed better, but mm-hmm. uh, will be addressed through a different lens, yeah. which uh, will make a difference, I think, to people. Um, but I've I've always I've always wondered. Um, I mean, we, I've had this discussion with a few people that let's get more women to speak and yeah, we're all up for it. Let's empower our women. And then when women do like, you know, come up to speak when we do have a few and we, like you said, there's only a few. Um, some people in the community feel uncomfortable with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like they're all up for it. And then when it does happen, they're like, mm, let's have a women's only event. Yeah. Why is a woman talking to us? Yeah. It, or do you, I mean, this is how I see it from, you know, a few centers. I'm not going to mm-hmm. generalize. But because you travel, I'm going to ask you, do you think like, that's how it is. is are we changing is it the new generation that's changing or do we still have people in the in the new generation that that feel uncomfortable maybe with women speaking to them yeah there is there is still that um idea or that um perspective that is present i mean people tell me as well is it appropriate for you to speak in public and i said well and and i, I remember a lady told me that and she's oh, a, a lady a lady told me that and, what and because it's not no, modest enough or um she said yeah no because you're g- especially programs which have a mixed panel and i said and i told her this was actually back then when i used to present women's view she said you know you're presenting and there's people looking at your photos and i said but you go in public and there's people that see you every day and see your face um, and number two, her daughter was a dentist. And I said, your daughter has physical contact with the op- opposite. I'm not attacking dentists, Marshall, they do a great job. But I said, you have phys- your daughter has physical contact. Dentists are going to be after you now, just like <laughs> the Swedish. <laughs> Some of my best friends are dentists. So this is not attack. This is this, yeah, this no scenario. Um, so, um, yeah, so she said, I said, your daughter's a dentist. She has physical contact with m- the men. Um, so every other profession is okay for a woman to go into. But when she goes into religion... Then it's you, c- you cannot see her face, even if it's just our face. I mean, we're wearing our abaya, we you can't even see our body. You can't. There's nothing, but it seems like there is still an element of it's still taboo for a woman to speak publicly. It's about religion, and I think we need to see more of that. You mentioned something. I just want to pick up on. Okay. S- side point. Um, you said you know having your photos. <clears throat> sorry, having your photos on yeah. on social media. Again, I'm going to ask you yeah. because maybe ask I've me. asked 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 other. Um, let's say scholars where do we draw the haya the modest yani haya is, is a word that's very difficult to translate shyness or modesty probably yeah. is the best word for 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 people putting up their their photos because we, a lot of times we've heard the male perspective on yeah. this you know i've seen your podcast you've yeah so before. so let's uh, let's put this to you where's the how how do you draw the the, the balance between you know uh, sisters putting up photos yeah. on social media websites like I don't know like Facebook or Instagram yeah. maybe more Instagram with because now there's two types of makeup there's the real makeup and there's the filter makeup yeah oh, okay yeah filters, <laughs> filters, filters with like the little things <laughs> on top of the head yeah um, the puppy is yeah. so so where where do you draw like is this okay I mean. Like mm. um, obviously, this is your point of view. I'm not yeah. saying this is this, the Muslim point of view, but you know, you, wh- where do you see that? What's, what is it? Is it okay? Are we mm. are we going more towards you know this sort of hijab makeup tutorials? Yeah. Because some people might say you know because they're doing the, you know our, our women are all putting their 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 photos up and we get and then then they they mix the two. Mm. How yeah. do you see it? Well, Haji Mustafa, I'm going to be very honest with you because um I. That this is a topic which everyone speaks about, and there's two aspects of this. Number one, um, is is there's the content. Number one is using social media. Let's begin with there. Okay. Let's start there. Um, I I I put my pictures on social media, and I do that for a specific reason. I feel like social media is very powerful. The time of the prophet. Um, Poetry, eloquence, speech was very powerful. You're quite that, popular on your social media sites yeah. as well. Like yeah. you've got quite a big following. There's a big following, yeah, and there's people that message me all the time on there. So 
Back in the time of the Prophet, speech and poetry was a, was the way of, to get the information across. To and get your message across. To yeah. across. And that was the medium that they used to spread the religion. In this day and age, social media has become the medium, the most powerful medium to spread the message. You see presidents on there, you see prime ministers, you see there's revolutions that happened on there. So that's number one, being on that platform. When I've done, I'll be honest with you, when I've done um, workshops with young girls, the, the influence that social media has on them is magnificent. I mean, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, they, they, they're self-conscious, all of them. I mean, there was a very, I remember till now, it was Camp UK. It was such a beautiful young girl. She's like 11 years old, um, 10, 11, I would say. She's, she was so, I felt like she was so cute and beautiful. And she was like, oh, I hate the way I look. Um, if I, I wish I could change this. And, and, and then she went on Instagram. She was showing me pictures of filtered, like heavy makeup filtered. And I told her these are not real. She said oh, she had a round face. She's like, I want a long face. And I was like, you're perfect the way you are. And she was like, no. I said, these, first of all, they've got full face of makeup. Second, it's edited, these pictures. So the influence that this, the social media has is magnificent. So... I don't want my daughter to grow up and, and to see only this side to social media and not see a representation of our community or our woman on social media. So that's why I put, I, some people ask me, um, even my sisters, and my, I've, I've spoken about this to my parents and my mum, and the reason why I put my photos on there is because I want a representation of me or my community. I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm not saying that anything, but I want a representation to be on, on social media, family structure, to promote family structure, to promote motherhood, to promote um, abaya, to promote just us. All we see is hijab tutorials, makeup tutorials, and I'm sure that 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 um, some people relate to that, but some people don't. So that's number one. Number two, about the context that you put. I think whatever you won't put in public or you wouldn't do publicly, just don't put it on. I mean, I don't, I go restaurants with my husband. We have private gatherings. I don't put too much private stuff. So I think you have to be very selective of what you put. And there's a lot of people that have passed away and then people go on their social media and just think about that. If you pass away, would you like people to see, is, is that a representation of who you are? Because uh, a true we, representation. Yeah, yeah. True representation because we can leave at any point now. And if we've got pictures with our tongues sticking out or uh, these filters with the dog, and would you <laughs> would you like people to see that? So I always think about that. I mean, it's it's a representation of you. But I think sh we all need to use social media, and even parents, you need to be on social media. Don't post anything; just be on there because your children are so on there. So you know what's going on. So actually, you know yeah. what's going yeah. on. I mean, there's a big generation gap where kids are on there being influenced. This is twenty four seven influence, digging, drumming into their head, and their parents have no idea. So I think we need to use social media in the correct way. It's so powerful and we can get our voices out there. But then also sometimes you can slip. Oh, TikTok. What's, I yeah, mean, that's I've a seen. New one. Yeah. And that, I, I, I don't understand that I at think all. I'm too old for that. So uh, yeah, I know. I, 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 like, I did not that. understand that yeah, at I all. So, um, I mean, there's, yeah. So you have to be selective. And I think don't put something that, and, and the requirements of hijab refers to hijab to social media so what you wouldn't do in real life i mean there's there's brothers and sisters that message each other privately and would say stuff on social media they would never say to each other in real life so sometimes they, they feel it's okay social media they feel it's no okay content, yeah. yeah even sisters they'll pose in a way where they would never pose in front of people in real life so just remember that this is reality and and what you would not do in in, in real life don't do it on social media you said something nice that um that you try to promote motherhood through your social social yeah. media. Uh, 
I, I mean, again, I refer to the to the Quran when when they when Allah speaks about um, the role of the father and, and mother and uh, the famous ayah was insan and then it says and concentrates on the on the mother's role. Mm. Uh, not so much on the father's role. Uh, Allah, you know, in the, in the Quran, concentrates on the role of the mother. Yeah. It, of course, there's, there is a role for the father, but it only Greater, concentrates, yeah. you know, on 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 the on the on the feeding period, uh, um, and it says, you know, the mother goes through wahen ala wahen difficulty on top of difficulty with pregnancy. Um, and again, I feel I don't know what you think. I feel the because you've obviously you said. Promoting motherhood through social media, I feel there's not enough about pregnancy, and there's mm. not enough courses. For example, you would know this. Um, there's ev- there's even courses for men actually, fathers to be. Uh, before your wife, mm. before your partner gives birth, you go to all these courses. Yeah. And there's so much they teach you about pregnancy, so you understand, you know, what you're gonna do on the day that you need to go. You know, all this stuff. And I feel in our community, it's just like. Brushed yes. on top when I feel the Quran says, mm. I mean, like you said, when someone gets pregnant, the hospital give you a list of courses that you can go to breastfeeding courses, childbirth courses, pregnancy courses, um, healthy lifestyle courses. We have so many courses that's provided to us outside our community. When Islam has given us, I, th- I feel like a treasure. So every month, we have recommendations of what to eat every month we have recommendations of what to eat um we have you know the sayings of the holy prophet and the imams which tells us how to nurture the child from inside the womb so we have so much information but i have not seen not even one course to be honest from our community um from an islamic perspective of of pregnancy of what to do when a child is born even or during pregnancy i Mm. think this there is a huge lack or when it comes to that area. So I think we are lacking when it comes to that. Um, and yeah, the status of motherhood. I think through maybe this podcast, and a lot of people, alhamdulillah, inshallah, will listen. And hopefully we'll have, uh, I mean, again, I, I don't always say, when I say, you know, there's not enough being said about pregnancy or motherhood or any of these topics. It shouldn't be like, I mean, I don't mean just having lectures and having someone from the member speaking about, about this stuff, but... Um, have workshops, mm. uh, courses about motherhood, pregnancy. I mean, even even you know miscarriage, mm. uh, which which uh, mothers go through um, and find it difficult to speak about. Um, I mean, maybe having a woman speak about her, her trials mm. and uh, maybe that will empower another woman or give strength to another woman maybe that's gone through those problems or yeah. those issues. Uh, I mean, miscarriage. I feel is quite a big, big, big topic in miscarriage our Miscarriage is a big, a big topic. I mean, in general, one four women go through miscarriage, and that's something that even I experienced a couple of years back. Um, and when I put it online, I was just putting my experience out there, and then I, the amount of people that messaged was, I, I did not expect. Everyone was saying, "We've gone through it. We've gone through it. We've gone through it." And I was like. Oh my God, there's so many people that have gone through miscarriage, stillbirth, um, and, and, and it's not spoken about. It's like it doesn't happen in our community when it does. How did you speak about it? Are you put so a I post? So I put a post on, no, just a post. So I, um, I had a miscarriage, but then I 
like when I had a miscarriage, I, I bought my kid's top. I'm going to be a big brother. So I had taken pictures of it before I had the miscarriage. So this was uh, your like before you had any of your children or my third pregnancy. Okay, your third my pregnancy. Third pregnancy you had yeah. um, and just before my daughter. So I and then I, I put the post up and the amount of comments that people po- posted it was it was absolutely amazing. And it shows that once when when a woman speaks up about an experience, then other women relate to it and, it and it encourages other people to speak about it. There's people that have miscarriages and they suffer in silence. You know, from my own experience, I think it miscarriage, honestly, it messes up someone's head. I think hormones, I didn't, when I went through it, I mean, even you, a woman will think I will never go through it. Even if you have absolutely healthy pregnancies, my first two pregnancies were textbook straightforward. I mean, and I thought the third one will be the same. And then... I got pregnant and, and, and I had a miscarriage and I was so... Early sh- on or...? It was about six weeks, I think okay. it was six weeks. So I had gone for my doctor's appointment and um, and then just before the scan, it was first scan, um, it, I had a miscarriage. So I think it was about six weeks. But the body the body got rid of it itself, so I didn't have to have a, D, I think, DC, they call it, and procedure to take the fetus out. Um, so, um, and yeah, so even if someone is absolutely healthy and they've had perfect pregnancies previously you are still there's still a um, possibility that you may have miscarriage in the fruit in the future so it's just one of those things if it doesn't Im- if the if the conceived eggs doesn't embed itself within the uterus wall it, anything could happen or there may be in my case any complication could any complication can happen in my case the doctor said um it may be a um abnormal chromosome i think they said so the body knew this is not normal and it got rid of it um and i i thought that was amazing so f- when i went through it i felt so heartbroken but i could tell that when i spoke about it those the, the sisters that came up to me they felt like oh, okay someone else has gone through it and and it's okay to speak about it but even when i went through it people were like oh just don't tell anyone i was like why should i not tell anyone i mean First of all, I ex- it's something that I experienced, and why should I keep it quiet? They said, oh, you, you know, people say you had miscarriage. I said, I don't care if people say I have a miscarriage. I've got two kids. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't affect me. Even if I had no kids, why should someone keep that quiet? I was just quiet? about to say, you know, maybe, s- s- again, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, now you have three kids. And um, like you said, you know, uh, you, you, you were given the medical reason that maybe something was wrong, yeah. so your body... But sometimes it's difficult. I Sorry, I interrupted. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's difficult when... Um, when maybe a, a mother or a woman doesn't have any children and yeah. has a miscarriage, it's, it's maybe more difficult to come for her to come out and speak about this. Yeah, and that's what it's more difficult. I mean, especially when, for example, I, I feel for the women that have had miscarriages later on in the pregnancies where they have felt the kicks and they've felt the child mm. has formed even more and mm. it's more difficult. And for example, if someone doesn't have any kids or um, have has you know, reoccurring pr- uh, miscarriages is even harder for them. So, but the thing is, if we don't, if these topics are not um, normalized in our societies, then it will continue to be a problem. And I've seen this happen where, um, just recently, actually, there was a sister that we people know that she, sh- her, and her husband cannot conceive. And I've seen older women in our community just seem saying, "Oh, so when are you going to have kids?" But you've asked that question to her a hundred times already, and when you know there's an issue. But sometimes it's because it's not normalized. People feel like they can throw side comments. If if it was normalized, say you know what we're trying. It seems like there isn't there's a problem. Um, it's fine. But it seems like it's all hidden under the carpet. People throw comments. People say this. People say that. And it's still a bit like, how can I say this? It's it's it's, it's taboo. Taboo. It's still taboo. So it's it's a problem. <clears throat> what 
what advice uh, again i ask because uh, as you said because you mentioned you mentioned your miscarriage on online and then you got so so much yeah, so uh, many. i mean it's public to, if people want to see the comments they can go on my facebook it's people are writing their full stories it's public on, so, online so you know what, what would you say to someone that maybe is going through that or just has just gone through that what how how where would they find help and support because i know obviously there's uh, the, the nhs here's really good and they, they mm. i'm sure there's they provide help and support but other than that where can they find where should they seek maybe help and support from their families i or think from yeah care? talking to people and and i'll, I'll be honest searching well, after i had my miscarriage i searched about this topic quite a lot um the way men react to this is completely different to women and sometimes they don't re- relate as much or they 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 keep quiet and, and they don't show their emotions as much so sometimes speaking to other women um is probably easier um speaking to someone that's also gone through the same situation has seems like it has helped a lot of women because once again they can relate and they feel like they're not alone um but honestly seeing the the bigger side to it in in life I feel I told this to myself and I'll tell this to anyone that's had a miscarriage or any loss in this life number one what's meant for us will always be for us and what's not meant for us it doesn't matter how much you want it it will never be for us like that child honestly I I went through a stage where I really wanted a child and and when I got pregnant I was so happy and I I felt like this I wanted whatever that child was going to become but it wasn't meant for me and and alhamdulillah Zainab came a year after and she was meant for us so in life no matter how much we want something it's not just about miscarriage if it's not meant for us it's it's not meant for us and number two is Allah sees the bigger picture than than what we see and sometimes in our limited capacity we feel like this is what we want but um it perhaps it is it's not it's not for us or it's, it's Allah sees that this is not in our benefit um and, and yeah and and once again for support i would say speak to women that have gone through it and in the big or they can speak to you yeah or they can speak to me <laughs> uh, and um in the in another context i think within yourself you have to tell yourself that this has happened for a reason and this is i'm going to be stronger and this is there's a reason why things happen in life and also the, the the narrations that we have in islam is so beautiful a child that is lost within during pregnancy or during um or it's during stillbirth we have narrations that say they're going to be waiting at the doors of heaven for their parents and the god will tell them enter heaven and they'll say but god where is our parents and then god was and then they will look for their parents and then god will say okay you and your parents enter heaven together there's also other narrations that say that that you know on the day of judgment everyone's going to be so thirsty so hot um there's going to be so much panic and these kids will come out with with drinks of water for their parents so there's so much that's re- quite adorable yeah that's, that's cute <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so um there's so much reassurance that allah allah grants someone someone and and i feel like in life when allah takes something away he grants them something, something better yeah something better. of course of course uh, there's it's like a hadith qudsi uh, again i paraphrase that uh, god will never take something away from you if he doesn't replace it with anything better yeah. Because he wouldn't take anything away from you because for no reason that's oppression, and he wouldn't replace it with anything that's equal to it, because that's just what we call in Arabic abath. Yani, there's no what was the point of it kind mm. of thing. So he'd always give you something that's that's better. And mm. I think it's, again, you, you said it. It's just looking at the big, bigger, bigger picture. picture and yeah. then, alhamdulillah, you're, you've got now your your Zainab. Yeah. Um, 
how is it how is it different having boys to 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 a girl i mean i know mm. she's still young but yeah. how is it different subhanallah i think from their young age you could tell the difference like the way she behaves is there's a difference between girls and boys first of all she wants more attention which i think subhanallah and we have a hadith that say that you you have to give girls um speak to girls more and give them more attention because you can see it from now she wants attention where the boys will just be running around like crazy like just you know you can leave them and they'll just do whatever they want to but she constantly wants attention but yeah there's certainly a difference between the men and um a, a, you know a baby child and a, and plus she's more attached to my husband and um, which is quite surprising because the boys were 100% attached to me and they preferred me where i feel like she's quite attached to my husband which is another thing that i think girls beautiful yeah holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam um Uh, was granted of course boys uh, but they they did they passed away really young and then his his sort of lineage his his name continued through mm. of course his daughter which i always remember um, is is something beautiful because he's rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam is the greatest mm. person to ever walk on this earth and subhanallah allah gave him fatima okay. yeah. that's alayhi. another topic by the way uh, gender disappointment within our community mm. if someone has a, if someone has a lot of boys they think you have to have a girl and you cannot stop until you have a girl if someone has a lot of girls you have to have a boy and these comments is thinking and and, and sometimes i hear this as well I, there's a um a girl that i know she has three boys she has doesn't have a daughter inshallah the next one and inshallah <laughs> next one is a girl yeah. i was like inshallah the next one's healthy healthy yeah and it's just the main thing is health i mean my parents had 10 daughters and you know that's that Allah that that was that was a rizq and um, my dad loves us all of course and my mother and he's so happy that God gave him so much girls but this is another thing especially if someone doesn't have a boy they feel like it's you know you have obviously on. brothers just to I have brothers yeah I have, so it's not I have just four brothers four brothers and mashallah 14 14 yeah but majority of them were girls so yeah, yeah. So alhamdulillah the main thing is health and I feel like this is a taboo people experience there's something called gender disappointment people experience disappointment when they find out it's a girl the and they wanted a boy or yeah, the other, or the other way around and this is I think sometimes our community just exit on like if you don't have one gender they feel like you don't but I, I think naturally someone wants what they don't have anyway so I think you always yeah, you always look at other like mm. what what you don't have and what others yeah. have and then but you're right you know because um even like uh, it's like an Iraqi thing I think when when, uh, when the, the first thing they say after you get married and they're like inshallah your son's in your in your arms by next year they always yeah. say inshallah yeah. it's, a, it's a boy inshallah mm. so they always push that they um and uh, even even some people I've spoken to uh would always say that yeah i i, I prefer to have a son at the beginning yeah. and then and then doesn't matter i don't know so, why so these these opinions are present in our community it's, it's well, again i i go back to the the fact that we we sometimes i've i've mentioned this probably in a few podcast people we live according to what we think is right yeah and then when we're in our mosque and we're like subhanallah the prophet did this or subhanallah imam hussein's companion was they were from all walks of life he had an african or a persian or whatever and but when we ourselves will live a totally yeah different life but when we're in the mosque we we it's like it's, we listen to this every day uh, example like we listen to hor story every day who's done toba and then mm. we'll we'll meet someone that's maybe had a bad past and he's now a good person but we'll exactly. always remember exactly yeah his past and then we'll cry for her so yeah 
with the rise of 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 TV, uh, Islamic yeah. TV, and social media, we are seeing women give lectures on yeah. TV. Uh, there's a few, mashallah, sisters that are uh, well versed with uh, the Quran, uh, well versed with uh, narrations, hadith, studied both in, in Hausa and studied academically. Um, who I've attended uh, or watched uh, them on TV with regards to certain topics, and I've learned from them. So, mm. um, and uh, Subhanallah, I think there are a few. A few scholars, if I'm not mistaken, um, either Bihar al-Anwar's author al-Majlisi or Sheikh al-Ansari, one or the other. I think Sheikh al-Ansari actually, Sheikh Murtaza al-Ansari, I think, if I'm not mistaken, who's a really big, obviously, scholar, mm. Shia scholar. His, his daughter was a, was a, was a mujtahida, mm. yeah. reached the level of ujtahad. And she, when she, apparently when she got married, this is a very nice story, when she got married, and her husband used to say, uh, and he, her husband was also a scholar, so he'd write notes, and then there'd be something he'd be stuck on, like a hukum or like mm. a, a question he'd be stuck on. So he'd he'd leave it and like he'd go to sleep, and then in the morning he'd wake up and he'd see a, an answer written, and then mm. he'd be like, "Who's this?" And then it would be his wife. Yeah, she would she would she would write the answer, which is very nice, obviously. And you know, afterwards he apparently he he after she passed away, he was very upset because he goes, "Not only did she support me, she was actually." A teacher to me, so, mm. so again, it's that's that's something that happened in Najaf hundreds years of, uh, ago. Show, shows the, the empowerment of of women, I think. Yeah. So, here in the UK, Alhamdulillah, I still think that there is progress. I don't know if you think. No, I've been I've been to other countries where I've lectured at. There's no female speakers at all. So all the female speakers are usually from the UK. I think there's one or two from America. So I think the London community have progressed so much, and and there's so much being done, and there's so many female speakers other other countries you go you don't see it at all i mean they are accepting of it but there isn't anyone that has taken that position but I, you know mashallah i've spoken at a lot of the centers in the uk at they're amazing i'm not going to say they're not amazing they're amazing they're so accommodating they 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 make you feel so comfortable so respectful so this incident i mean it was trying to push push the boundaries a bit more so I, i'm not trying to attack in regarding to that it was something that hasn't been done before that was that we, tr- we were trying to do but um in general um i think we've d- we've gone a long way i mean do, i don't know if you remember 10 years ago when we first started presenting me and rebecca used to get comments on tv saying yes someone actually mentioned uh, i remember to to me he's like you have you have women on tv like yeah. like how yeah <laughs> that like, was uh, it was like like are they on tv like yeah. with their face showing yeah i was like yeah they're in hijab like really yeah <laughs> shocked yeah it was shocking back then but now you you know it's become normal to for on tv but i think within the centers slowly we're seeing a huge improvements we have been seeing huge. i improvements. think if we if we have women who are educated and well-versed and respectful and and, and uh, yeah. why not we, sh- we should actually empower them to do more and in fact, I feel we should encourage them, or sorry, encourage other women to take that that step okay. forward. Because I know there's there's probably a lot of women that, that are interested in, in in public speaking or in in doing uh, courses for and helping their communities. But maybe they feel that because they're they're they're, they're women. Sadly, I say mm. this, they they won't do it. Mm. Can, yeah. can 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 uh, I'd say the speakers that we have now and the public speakers, can they 
sort of encourage how 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 are you maybe generally mm. encouraging other other women to be honest I, I want to talk more about this topic because um people message me online as well and say what advice would you give to for female speakers and i think we need to encourage more i, I even suggested for one mosque that i'm in, in in contact with i said let's do um public speaking courses within the mosque um to try to because i think when it comes to a lot of people thinking confidence and a lot of women are saying how can you be confident and go speaking so i think there are so many women that have shown interest that have an interest of becoming public speakers but then they don't know how to go about it number one number two they just need that push um uh, and and i tell them i th- i say confidence comes with time I was I was the most shyest person when I first started out. I'm still a very shy person, but with confidence it comes. So I think we need public courses. Um and any and, and number two, we need to erase these taboos that are about. I I'll tell you something. I've been lecturing for about twelve years. Honestly, within the Islamic environment, within the mosque, within my lecturing, within TV, I have never been approached negatively. I've never had a negative experience, alhamdulillah. And you're more likely some people think oh if you're putting yourself out there you may be approached in an incorrect way you're more likely to be approached in the streets or in the shops incorrectly than you are within islamic environments i feel like when i go to a mosque people just respect even more there's even more of a respect that is shown our centers are very respectful and every lecturer every person that i have lectured with has honestly showed me nothing but respect there's never been a, a boundary that's been crossed so if if that's the taboo aspect of women going forward is you're opening up this it, uh, my personal experience that hasn't happened at all so we need to erase these taboos um and number two we need to encourage more ladies to come out there because it i i've seen the benefits i mean of of having female speakers and i've seen how it it does uplift other female speakers and plus like i said there are topics that are discussed that that i i feel like a ma- men would not be able to discuss we had a women's only a conference in january and it was a private conference of just females only and there was like four or five sisters um and the question on session there was sisters that were asking questions they started crying and they were saying their own personal stories about and they would never ask if it was a exactly i was like if there was a ma- man here they would never start crying and speaking about so intimate details about their marriage and about problems they have gone through but because they, they felt uncomfortable like they felt honestly comfortable with with a group of uh, women panelists that it opened up and that was question and answer session that was so um personal and so emotional that I've never seen with a conference with with men well inshallah we see we see more of that um i remember we a few a few weeks ago we put a post up who would you like to see on the project new podcast and zahra alawi's name came up a okay. few times so we're really happy that we've managed okay. to um get you on this podcast i'm sure a lot of people will will benefit uh, again i say this on your behalf mm. get in touch with zahra on her social media website uh pages whether it's uh instagram or facebook or twitter yeah. you're on all three right i think i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> so get in touch with her she usually again i'm speaking on your behalf mm. she usually responds to everyone yeah. um so yeah if you if there's anything that Uh, sisters or brothers again mm-hmm. sometimes uh, we say only you know sisters yeah. like you said Sonia but even the brothers because sometimes um, you'll get a different perspective yeah. i'm not saying the men's perspective would be wrong but you'd get a different perspective which mm-hmm. is which is good so whatever you need inshallah the, the sister zahra will will help i'd like to thank her on behalf of progeny podcast uh, for joining us and inshallah you have a 
wonderful uh, and blessed Shahar uh, Ramadan. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Inshallah, um, Ramadan Mubarak to all the audience and yourself. Asante.